Okay, there we go. Oh, boy, howdy. Yeah, gotta love technology, huh? Especially when you make your living off of it. <laughs> what if we just say, it's been a heck of a week, is the has. week in review, and let's just jump into it. Yeah, all right, so, <laughs> holy crap. All right, sorry about that, guys. That was, uh, that was a bit of a mess. Anyway, all right, so. He's Chris. I'm Creston. It's been a heck of a week. Let's talk about this subject. Good night, y'all. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, just, just go. All right. So we're basically going to be started about how to get started coding. And I have some rough notes of kind of like how I've kind of thought about it. If I were to start what I would do, and it's not too different than what I pretty much did, but with a few little changes to it. So now you can disagree with me on this, but I'm kind of like, all right, if I'm going to start coding, I want to know what language I'm going to be doing. Cause that kind of picks a direction. So, and I, how I kind of thought about it is what are you programming for? Cause that kind of can dictate the language. So for, if you're, if you're going to be doing web development, you got to learn some JavaScript no matter what. Now, whether you want that to be your main gig or not, you know, you can do you can do that on the front end and the back end, but got to know some JavaScript. Now, also what can do web programming is, of course, a ton of other languages. You could do it in .NET. You could do it in C Sharp on .NET. You can do it in Ruby like we do, of course. But Python has grown so incredibly. Like, do you want to post up that that one link that we have? Yeah. It it, it so, amazes me that in this this language is what, 20 years old, give or take? I think it was before Ruby, because I think yeah. I heard a comment that Matt's, who is the creator of Ruby, said, hey, he wanted something that was even more object-oriented than Python mm -hmm. at the time. And Python has just been trudging it out and continues to go up, 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 up in the number of people using it. Now, I actually think that's its most recent rise is due to um, three big factors. But you also got to give it a fourth one that it's apparently has been improving well to be able to continue its rise as it's been doing. I think one factor is there's a lot of getting starter books and a lot of programming courses, like at schools, like my son, he's had two years of computer programming related classes and they've all covered Python. So I think that kind of reflects some of this because some of these ratings, it's probably not the number of programs there. I think this rating system that I identified does it by web searches, to some extent. Um, but still, if you look at Google Trends, you see something similar in, in other ratings. You know, Python is up there. What's amazing is how low JavaScript is on this one. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's number seven, I think. Whereas <laughs> JavaScript is much, much higher in others. I, I, I found a couple of amazing things on here, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, so one is I think a lot of beginners start with Python because there's a lot of things that have helped people get started with it, like getting started books and first time classes in schools and whatnot. 
Also, it's used sec- a lot for plugins for for a lot of different apps. It's it's kind of the scripting plugin engine language that a lot of things use too. Yeah, like for example, Ansible that uses or relies upon Python to do some of its stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chef, you know, uses Ruby, so you know. But I think the two factors, at least recently, the two additional factors, other than being an intro, is um, what is it? The um, da, 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 data science. The explosion of the data science, a lot of people are using Python for that. Now, some people use R and some other stuff, but, and we'll see R, I think, is 13th on the list right now. Yeah. But Python is huge in data science. And given the explosion of that, there's a lot of people using Python for that. And then the next one is artificial intelligence. Now, again, there's other languages you can use, but a ton of people are using Python for it. So that's, become a very versatile language for, for a lot of different, you can do a lot of different things in it. So I don't think you could go wrong and choose in terms of choosing Python to give you optionality, jumping to something else. Right. So in terms of web, I'm kind of thinking you got to know some JavaScript and I don't think you could go wrong learning Python, even though, you know, Ruby and Ruby on Rails are great. <laughs> yeah. And, what and- are you going to say? And really with, with web too, you, you want to know HTML, even though you're not going to write a lot of raw HTML, you want to understand how it works and how it's structured and you want to know CSS. Um, yeah. Which are not, those are like more markup. Yeah. You know, HTML is a markup and CSS is just a right. styling thing. But it is a markup language. So I included in this. Um, okay. So here's, here's the really weird thing that I saw. Ruby is down at number 16 right now, which is, okay, that's a little surprising. I thought it'd be a little higher. But Delphi, Object Turbo Pascal, yeah, is above Ruby. Of- and here's the weird thing. My first job 25 years ago was writing Delphi code. And I haven't seen Delphi in probably 15 years so I can't imagine why it's so, I mean, it was kind of dying out when I started with it. No, here's, here's why here. I'm going to give you an excuse. It's probably wrong, but I, there are so many, there's still some apps out there and a programmer gets hired to work on something they're like, how does this freaking stuff work? And he has to Google it and he's Googling Delphi, 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 Delphi. And it yeah. comes up in the rankings. Right. Some, you know, some old bank with this old server in the in the server room going, we don't know how to do this. Can we hire somebody to do? Old mainframe code. I I don't understand why Fortran isn't up here somewhere. Then, yeah, we're using COBOL. 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 No, C is way up here though. Although I will say that's understandable because yeah, that's that's like the fast language for writing right next to the to the metal um yeah so there's a lot of systems development if you're doing operating system development if you're working a lot on linux and stuff like that you're going to yeah. be using c but those are those All are right. usually the real pure cs type folks that are doing that mostly or yeah. game developers do a lot of c c plus plus writing because it's fast although yeah but still uh, so some of that's moved to c sharp and whatnot but some of it, yeah. yeah. But okay, so 
in terms of, again, going back to kind of like what you want to do in picking, picking a language, that is the kind of the path I would suggest potentially for the web development. The other path is doing something with mobile and with iOS, basically you kind of got to go Swift. You could go Objective-C, I suppose, but pretty much Swift is where everyone's going. So you could choose to learn that. Um, and that's number well, 12 on this list. Or uh, if you're going to learn, learn Android, uh, I wasn't aware of this, but Kotlin is another language that has been rising in the rankings, or a lot of people are suggesting it to use for Android development as opposed to Java. But that's apparently another language, K-O-T-L-I-N. I've never even heard of that, but then I don't write apps, so. Yeah. <clears throat> And if you're going to be doing Windows, clearly it's probably something like C Sharp. And if you're doing Linux or system programs, then you're going to want to be learning C, any kind of embedded systems and whatnot. So it's kind of where you want to go is kind of depending on what language you're, you're going to pick. So I would kind of choose that first. Now, one thing that I would pick, regardless of where you go, I would highly recommend that you learn SQL at least the basics of SQL and how to how to work it because I don't care what kind of program you're writing you are most likely going to be dealing with a database at some point in some form or fashion because everything runs off of data knowing SQL is a huge deal when you're being hired the reason I got my first job was because I was the only applicant that knew how to write SQL statements because I had bothered to learn it that got me, that was the one selling point they needed, and that got me the job. I didn't even know any programming languages. I knew HTML and SQL, and I learned Delphi on the fly. But every single job I've had and every project I've worked on ever for 25 years has been involved with SQL in some form or fashion. At some point, I had to bring SQL to bear in the project. So learn that. And you are well on your way to being able to secure a job for yourself as a as a dev. And I think, and you know, I had this, but I had this as lower down, like at number eight. So no matter what, that's so that's step eight of my process. But <laughs> we'll get there. But to 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 agree with that, you know, that will differentiate you from others when you're going to look for a job. If you know. <clears throat> How to write SQL statements and the reasons behind it and things with regard to particular uh, the particular database you've chosen to work on that will differentiate you from a lot of other programmers because some of them don't even want to deal with it or address it. Yeah, and and I could tell you having <clears throat> done several rounds of hiring for developers, if you don't have SQL on your resume, you don't go in the short stack if I'm looking to hire. That's one of the first things I look for. So, because it's just and, so but, useful. But there, you know, but it's not it's still, I think there's cases where you can get by without using it with use, if you're using a NoSQL database or you, you are using the serverless architecture and you're removed from how the data be, is being stored. But still, there's so many applications that still rely on that direct connection to a database. Mm -hmm. You're going to disadvantage yourself or not advantage yourself by not learning. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that was my step one, pick the language to be able to do it. And the second thing I would do is 
I would get a book, I'd get a course, take a class and just start going through it, learning the syntax. And the most important thing is doing the exercises, like follow along and do the exercises because, you know, they say with writing, you learn to write by writing. Same thing with programming, you learn to program by programming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you hit the walls and you got to figure out how to get around the walls. <laughs> so again, going to this comment I said in previous episodes, you know, you got to learn by doing. Now, in terms of there are free resources, but you can, of course, pay for a course, pay for a book, et cetera. Like in terms of free resources, I know there's free code camp, which is an interactive thing you can do online, entirely free. You can just sign up and do it. Mm -hmm. There's also YouTube videos, and this is also on the free code camp YouTube channel, but there's also other channels that is, it's literally, I don't know about the quality because I've never sat through them, but they're literally 10 hour, 12 hour classes of, hey, here's how to program in JavaScript. Here's how to program in Python, or here's how to program in whatever. So you could Google or look on YouTube that and just sit through it, follow along, code when they code. Um, that's a great way to learn and understand. And you can do it just by investing your time. So it doesn't, you don't have to invest money. Do you have any follow-up to that? Um, yeah, and I would say if you're if you're going to dig in and learn something, pick a language you like. You don't have to learn them all. Pick a language you like and learn the fundamentals of programming itself. Not the specific syntax of that language. That's not the important part. The important part is understanding object-oriented design, functional programming, how how um, if statements work, uh, all the different structures that there are, all the you know all the fundamentals of how to program, because that stuff translates to every language. The other differences really are syntactical, and you can pick that up as you go. And I mean, they have different you know object pools and stuff, but learning the basics of programming is going to get you a lot farther than just becoming the master of the syntax of this particular language. Now, I kind of differ in that because actually learning object-oriented practices and things of that nature, I'm kind of like, that for me is like the step nine. Because I'm like, just going, like, because I think the books and stuff are going to get you started in enough. But I'm saying that's... And to me, I consider that, of course, cover what is ever in the course, and they're going to mention some stuff, Yeah. but really honing like what, what I call honing your craft or whatever, and really understanding, okay, there are these design patterns and things of that. I, I, my opinion is that comes with time. Right. Well, I guess my point was don't get too hung up in the beginning on which language you're learning. Don't spend a lot of time trying to figure out which language should I learn. Just get one that you like and learn it because the fundamentals yeah. you learn in that are going to cross over. So if you go, if you find out, let's say I learned C sharp and I find out all the jobs are in VB.net, which they're not, but let's say it's fine. I can go pick up VB.net or let's say I decide, you know, I, I learn um, 
Delphi. I don't know why you'd want to, but let's say that's what I did. And I want to get a job in Ruby. Well, I, I went from Delphi to Ruby and to .NET. So you can pick up all those differences, but the the fundamentals don't change. So don't get hung up on the language to begin with. Just find one you like and that has the resources you want to use. Yeah, just choose. Yeah, just choose one and go because, yeah, you can learn other language like, you know, I started doing Elixir and I've done C Sharp and I've done, you know, other types of languages. And before Ruby, I was doing Cold Fusion and ASP.NET. You know, you there's a saying, I can't remember who said it, but, you know, programmers are polyglot. They, knows a lot, they know a lot of different languages. Mm -hmm. That's not just, you know, they hone in on one and they're the expert of that one and keep on learning more about it. But they also uh, work with other ones. So, yeah. So basically find something to take, do the exercises to follow along because you're going to learn by doing. So that's right. basically my second guide, guiding point. The third one that I would do is do small projects. Now, some of these may be related to the, the courses in phase in part two, but basically take a small project and build it from soup to nuts and maybe enhance it. So basically do a little bit more than say is asked, or if you're following along with a tutorial that says, hey, we're gonna build this thing, well, add a few more features to that thing, you know, or make some little games or whatnot. So basically do little mini projects where you're actually planning, hey, I wanna get this thing that I've created to do Y and Z instead of just X. So go ahead and practice doing that. And make sure that you you pick a project that you will enjoy, that you like, that interests you. And yeah. don't try to climb Mount Everest before you've learned to walk. That Just don't pick a huge project. Make sure you scope it to something small that you can finish. Well, that's what I was basically saying is that have a small project and then try to enhance it. Yeah. Like maybe in the class in part two, just add a few more features to it. Cause you're again, just practicing the ability to say, all right, I need to develop this new feature. The software exists here and I want to add this new feature to it. How do I do that without someone guiding me through it? Right. And figuring out how to do that. Now, the fourth one, my suggestion is to start a large project. So this could be copying the functioning of some existing app. So you could make, you know, a clone of something like make a clone of Twitter or Facebook or, you know, or a invoicing application, you know, so just, you know, and it's not that you're copying or you're going to try to go into business to compete or whatever, but you're just, right. again, pick something you like and say, all right, starting from ground zero. I'm going to build this and I want to build these features to it. And how would I do that? Exactly. And then as you're doing that, the fifth step is basically keep building it and overcoming obstacles. And so use resources to assist you to do that. So, you know, basically a lot of programmers live and die by Google. And Stack Overflow is a good thing to mm -hmm. figure out stuff. Now, it's not to say that the first answer is always the right one, 
but you filter through and you think about does the supply let me try it in my project test it out you know etc there's also if you want to actually communicate with people one on one you could go to forums or you could go to slack rooms might exist or chat rooms might exist or even your friends if you know friends who do programming you can ask for their advice on how to or you can come on the rubber note dev show live and ask questions in the chat <laughs> sorry a little frog in my throat there a uh, little duck in my throat well it, it was so much of a duck in your throat i couldn't really hear we understood what you understand what you said <laughs> or just come on to the live rubber duck dev show and get in the chat and ask some questions it's, it's, you know it's just a thing that <laughs> okay. anyway carry there on go. That, that was step 5b <laughs> all right <laughs> and so you know basically this is just increasing the sophistication of the project you're working on and just you just learn it by doing it it's like you take the class you take you know read the book or whatever that gives you you know the ground rules and some tools to deal with but at the end of the day you're the only way you're going to become a programmer is, is if you're actually programming and you have a feature idea or you're given a feature idea and you got to build it that's how you and you figure out how you like to do that and how you do it best and, and efficiently now while you're doing this what I call, what I'm thinking step number six is the most important is to learn source control. And right now the source control tool that seems like 90 plus percent people use is Git. So basically learn how to use Git. Please. So that you can track changes, you can roll back changes if you've done something you don't like, you know, so once your project gets large enough, you're going to realize, oh, here's how this helps in development. Right. You know, learn about branching, learn about, you know, checking out different branches of code and experimenting and, you know, so again, you can get a book on that. You can watch a video on it, but for your own projects that you're building and testing, learn to use source code, source code control because Again, this is another thing that will help you get that first job because I don't know how many, I don't know if people, excuse me, like students out of college, I don't even know if they get taught how to use Git. I'm not sure, but I can tell you that if that's, if you don't know how to use source control, you're going to have a real hard time getting a job in the market now. Because it's just so important. Yeah. So, so that's my number six. So number seven, and Chris may think it should be earlier, but I'm <laughs> but at this stage, I'm like, learn how to write tests. So when you're learning how to program, now tests may be covered in step two in the course you took or in the book you took. And you can go ahead and apply that there. But if you haven't been doing a lot of tests, once you get to, you know, as you're building your big thing, you're going to realize, okay, how tests are important because you're going to make a change while you're building this thing, your Twitter clone, and you're going to break something. You're going to be like, how the heck did that break? You know? 
Yeah, well, and honestly, I don't think you should do this early. I think you should learn to program first. Because if yeah. you try to learn tests, how to write tests too early, you're going to frustrate yourself. Because there's a lot of programming knowledge that needs to go into writing the tests themselves. And you need to kind of be able to think ahead of, of what you're trying to do. So I would not... In fact, I might even move this a little bit later, a step or two later, but uh, don't try to do it too early because that's just too many things you're going to have to try to to absorb and, and you'll just get frustrated, I think. Yeah. And that's why I said, you know, the major things are building ever larger projects and then start with the source core source code. Why can't I say that? <laughs> source control, source code control. And then writing tests I had as my number seven and the number eight is where I put SQL. So adding that in there, increasing your knowledge as you're, you know, building your thing. And then the last step I had nine, no, I don't have 10. I couldn't think of a 10th, but <laughs> I put as improving your craft. And that basically, basically means start understanding when you use some of these object oriented, you know, features and, and whatnot, when, should you or should you not use inheritance and different types of variables and you know so basically this is the stage and this is pretty much where every programmer is at you start looking at blogs and reading them and coming to an understanding of where people are suggest or looking at weekly newsletters where people are saying hey you should program in this style or you should do it this way that'll help with your education to say hey, the way I've been doing it, this guy's arguing this doesn't make sense and I should potentially change how I'm doing things that would make my life easier. So those are kind of the steps that I would follow if I were starting over again. Yeah, and I think that's good. Now, the one the one huge advantage that that people have now learning this that we didn't have is the, the internet. There is so many ways to learn um, stuff on the internet. So whether you're a learn by doing person or you like to have watch a class first or you like to read a blog first, or there's just so many ways you can go about getting the information. And that's really, really good. Um, the, the other thing is that um, you want to be careful not while you're on the internet not to dig into every latest and greatest thing because in the dev community every week there's some new latest and greatest thing and 90 percent of those the next week are just trash so be careful about getting too hung up on every latest and greatest thing it's good to kind of know what's out there but don't dig deep into everything you come across because you'll you'll never be able to keep up with it. There's so much. So just start with pick a language, learn basics, um, and start building up your projects. When you do go to a big project, I think it's great to, to hit a big project because the, the sense of accomplishment when you finish it is really, really good. But if you're doing it to learn, make sure it's something that you're going to love doing for an extended period of time 
Make sure you have a good idea of, you don't need to completely design it up front, but have a good idea of what you're trying to accomplish in general with the overall project. And then break it down into a bunch of small projects. You can climb Mount Everest, but you do it one step at a time. You don't just jump straight to the top. And if you try to do that, you're just going to burn yourself out and get frustrated. So just just be careful of overloading yourself in, with information because that's while the internet is a fantastic tool for learning, it can overload you with information. So you have to one of the things you're going to have to learn is how to filter through a lot of stuff. Um, and that can get difficult. Um, the other thing that I would hugely recommend, if there is any way in the world that you can work it out, find yourself a mentor, a friend, um, a, a professor, somebody that can pair program with you once in a while. That can sit down, you get stuck on a problem in your, your project, you can get them on a Zoom call or something like that, or Slack huddle or something, share your screen and spend 30 minutes just pair programming on something trying to figure a problem out. I still do that and I learn more from a half hour of pair programming than I do from programming by myself for an entire day. It's it's an incredible way to learn and I would highly recommend finding a way to do that if you want to learn programming. You're going to learn so much faster. That's okay. That's my number 10. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Find a mentor and pair program. Even if it's you and your buddy are trying to learn coding together and neither one of you has done it, pair program with your buddy. It's still going to be a huge leap forward in your learning process. So don't think you have to find, you know, some PhD professor in JavaScript to pair program with you. No, just get your get your best friend that's also interested in learning programming and sit down and pair program together once a week or something. It'll make a huge difference. Yeah, and also, you know, the thing I mentioned about creating some big project is because that is something that you can, that essentially is a component of your resume or it's something that you can show to people uh, who are looking to hire and say, hey, look, I built this thing, you know, all by myself, essentially. Yep. Um, and it's fully functional. You can try it out and, you know. Right. Yeah, that's being able to show a, a potential boss what you can do is way better than just telling them. So and if- then if you want to get even more street cred, do it open source or put mm-hmm. it open source on GitHub or some other source code sharing site. So you could say, here's what it does. You can look at it, it works, and here's the source code for it. Yep, that's perfect. Because then when a hiring manager says, hey, can you show me something you've done? You could just send them a link and say, yep, I did this. Here you go. Here's yep. all my stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, and you know, the other thing is go to sites like us or shows like us and talk to people who we like to talk to people, especially people who are trying to get that's into That's why we're doing a live show. Right. I mean, that's, that's Wednesday our whole gig, 8, man. 8 p.m. Eastern so, I mean, find somebody like us. Um, you know, the, the there's all kinds of, of development shows. 
find one that deals with your language or people you like and just reach out and talk to them. Say, hey, how, you know, I'm thinking about doing this or I'd like to get into this language. How can you recommend some resources or how would you go about this? Just ask questions. It's uh, most people on YouTube aren't going to bite your head off. Um, I mean, Creston might, but you know, most people won't. So, uh, just reach out, ask the, the development community by and large is really, really helpful bunch of people. And we like to help each other. So, um, hence this show and many, many other shows and podcasts. Typically, most of us don't get paid anything. We get nothing out of this other than the satisfaction of helping people and spreading knowledge. So take advantage of that. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed this show. I uh, hope it's helpful to folks um, who are trying to get into programming. Um, please reach out uh, if, if you have questions about that. Um, we like to help people get started. So um, if you have any thoughts about how else you would make, you would recommend young people starting programming, please leave them in the comments below. Also, if you enjoyed this, don't forget to like and subscribe and mash all the buttons and ding all the bells. Join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. for more Dev Talk. Tell your friends, bring them too. Um, next week, what are we doing next week? We talked about having a show on how to learn a new code base. Oh, yeah, that's uh, woo. Okay. <laughs> how to learn a new code base. So you get hired for a new job and the boss says, all right, here's your link to the repository. Go. Well, now what? Fix this and write these features. Right. Now what? So we'll talk about that next week. Uh, if you have a topic you'd like to see on the show, please leave it in the comments and we will talk about it. Uh, our podcast is available in all the places that podcasts live. Also, you can find them on our website, rubberduckdevshow.com. You can also sign up for our newsletter, weekly newsletter. We do not spam you, we promise. We don't like that crap either. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at, at DuckyDevShow. Hope you guys like this. Hope you have a great week. And until next time, happy programming. Happy programming. <laughs>